you know, you've got to be doing that consistent background work around energy management and state management. And, you know, if you are, if you have a consistent routine around mindfulness or making sure that you're getting to sleep at the, you know, the same time each night and waking up the same time each day so your body doesn't feel like it's in a jet lag state mm-hmm. um, because, you know, mixing that up feels like switching time zones to your body, um, working with the clocks of your body um, and then really tuning into what the flow of energy looks like throughout the day because we have these rhythms that our body operates with. Hi, I'm Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Susan Hunter is a naturopath and well-being expert who works with individuals and organizations on their physical and mental well-being. She runs a practice called Human 2.0, where she helps people think and feel better by improving their biology and psychology. She has over 15 years of clinical experience in nutrition and functional medicine and a double degree qualification in naturopathy with a background in psychology. Her mission is for there to be happier, healthier people and workplaces. And in order to achieve this, Susan believes that it's important to embrace what it is to be the best human being that you can be. I can completely relate to her mission. And once she got in touch with me, I did some research on her and I knew that she would be a great match for this podcast. So I invited her to have a chat with me about the importance of well-being, doing job search, the importance of looking after your health when you're job hunting or working and, you know, trying to get a promotion. Those things can add to your stress and add to your level of anxiety as well. It's very important to stay positive during challenging times. So I thought she would be a great person for um, a chat on this podcast. Now, this is what happened after I interviewed Susan. I connected with her so much that I had a feeling that she was the naturopath that my friend Mel had been mentioning to me for many, many months. Now, this is what happened after I interviewed Susan. In Melbourne, there must be dozens, if not hundreds of naturopaths, but my friend Mel has been telling me that I needed to see this specific naturopath that she thought I would connect and that I had lots in common with. So after I interviewed Susan, I messaged Mel and I said, tell me the name of that naturopath again. And yes, you guessed it. It was Susan Hunter, and I didn't even know before I interviewed her, so that was so, so weird. Was it fate? I don't know, but I'm really glad that our paths have crossed, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Have a listen. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this podcast. Consider signing up for my newsletter. You can do that on my website, renatabernardi.com. There's a link to it on the episode show notes. And um, remember that all of the books and podcasts and things that we mention, I provide a link to them on the episode show notes. So go and check it out. Bye for now. Enjoy the chat. (laughs) So Susan, let's start by talking about um, 
your career, right? Tell yeah. me about how you got to where you are today and why you decided to go down this path. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, look, I think my work life began when I was really young. Um, my parents were migrants that came from the Middle East in the 70s to Australia. So it was all about opportunities. Um, and so they had their own mixed business. And I was working in their mixed business on a daily basis from the age of 11 or 12. Um, and then, you know, just through the period of time after I finished high school, when I did my, both my degrees, I've just done various jobs, whether I've been a food court cleaner, a telemarketer, a debt collector, a waiter, a bartender, a barista, um, or a retail assistant. I've often worked in service. Um, but the thing that got me into studying my Bachelor of Health Science was some travel in Asia. Um, after I did my first degree in, um, it was a Bachelor of Arts, with a psychology and health sociology major and I still wasn't sure where I was heading in what direction for my career so I did some travel and I came back to Melbourne and I was looking into the um, Bachelor of Health Science and I did one subject that was um, you know purely you know sciences so it was an anatomy and physiology subject so I wanted to sort of look at that and then I looked at the history and philosophy of natural medicine and when I'd been in Asia I had explored a little bit of you know natural therapies and the philosophy of natural therapies really made sense to me you know you're really trying to identify the underlying cause of someone's dis-ease dis or disease rather than just putting band-aids on things and treating signs and symptoms and so after trying both of, out of those subjects I sort of felt like yeah this made sense to me it, it really resonated for me and I have such a big sort of curiosity around people's behavior and the human body and how it all operates. And um, yeah, so I studied that for, took me six years to do that degree while I worked full time. Um, and then as soon as I graduated, I was out and um, working in a health food store and just slowly but surely building up a client base organically just by talking to people and, and converting them to clients and I've had my own consultancy for the last almost 15 years um, and in that time I have lectured to doctors and psychiatrists and pharmacists around the importance of gut health in mental well-being which is a bit of a passion of mine, mental well-being. And um, I've written articles for journals. I've contributed to textbooks. So take a very evidence-based approach, love, you know, getting stuck into the research and then putting it all together and having a very holistic view of, of well-being and, and disease. It's wonderful. You know, the reason why I really wanted to interview you is because we connected um, through LinkedIn and then you sent me um, a uh, link to um, another webinar where you presented. Mm. I, I think it was um, part of a conference. I'm happy to link that to the episode show notes when this podcast is out. And 
10 minutes in and you were talking about LeBron James. Yeah. And I'm like, I like this girl. I really do. Like, I don't know if you had a chance to check the stuff that I do, but I'm always talking to job hunters and, and career and professionals in the corporate sector, explaining to them the importance of um, um, training, the importance of having the right mindset, uh, taking care of your health, and the importance of failure, understanding your leadership style. And, yeah. and LeBron James is great because he is such a well-rounded athlete. He loves reading about leadership. He it takes very good care of his health, you know, when he's off court. So he's a good example of, and he also gives great importance to his um, supporting team, the, the coaches and the people around him. So he, he's not a know-it-all. He understands. And that interview that you recommended, which I then went and listened to, that podcast with him, it was him with his coach, which I thought was great to give his coach an opportunity to um, say a few things and explain how they work together. So that was... Yeah, yeah. He's such a great example. I think he and people like Roger Federer are mm. really um, dispelling this like myth around the importance of grinding and not sleeping and pushing and, you know, just going really hard and they've kind of flipped it and they're, you know, basically encouraging others through their own actions to really prioritise the importance of rest and recovery and consistency in recovery. And, um, you know, the more I now work with mostly professional women in that sort of integrated well-being space where we go beyond their biochemistry and their genetic predisposition it really is about treating your body like you're an athlete it's your mindset it's your biology it's also the habits the rituals and routines that you have on a daily basis and what lebron james does so well is he prioritizes consistency in recovery just as much as that time that he needs to be up and performing well. So, you know, he aims for 10 to 12 hours of sleep a night and his, you know, nutritionist coach is just obsessive about how much have he slept, how much have he slept, because they really understand the importance of sleep yes. and the restoration. Yes, no, absolutely. And it's really interesting. I have this... Um, a uh, way of working uh, with clients in different ways. And one of them is they can just book a consultation with me as they would with you, you know, because most coaches will say, oh, you have to do three months and people can't afford to do that. So if people mm. want to have a one-on-one -on -one with me, they can. And then they, they usually book it before an interview because they freak yeah. out and they go, oh, I need to prep for the interview. And I, I suppose most coaches would then go through a list of questions you know those common questions and this prep yeah. which i think is important to do but i usually start off with okay this is what you need to do you know how is your protein intake <laughs> mm. yeah. how, you know make sure that you're sleeping are you a good sleeper do you sleep well before a stressful event is your interview at 8 a.m in the morning you know how are we going to um, yeah. perform if you're not because if it was me going for an interview at 8 or 9 a.m I just wouldn't sleep well I know myself right yeah so I have read research about how the military in the U.S. Um, um, 
work with the coffee intake of their yeah. soldiers. Have you read that piece of research? It's so awesome. So I, I kind of, I'm not going to say everything because, you know, I'm, I need to make sure that you tell me, but I kind of worry about those things, about the performance, people that are either under-caffeinated or over-caffeinated and they're yeah. tired because um, if you are an excellent, excellent professional, which most of my clients are, like 99% of my clients can definitely the job, do the job. If they're not ready when the interview comes, yeah, that's, you know, no matter, doesn't matter how good your career was. If you're going to be stressed, your brain just will not perform well enough for you to get the job. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you've got to be doing that consistent background work around energy management and state management. And, you know, if you are, if you have a consistent routine around mindfulness or making sure that you're getting to sleep at the, you know, the same time each night and waking up the same time each day so your body doesn't feel like it's in a jet lag state mm. um, because, you know, mixing that up feels like switching time zones to your body, um, working with the clocks of your body um, and then really tuning into what the flow of energy looks like throughout the day because we have these rhythms that our body operates with. So I really strategically use caffeine um, and I don't, you know, there are points in the day where it can really harness and get your energy jumping, you know, so that your cognitive function is yes. really switched on. And then there are times where you're just revving an already revved engine and it's really going to backfire and not work for you. Right. So they're all the little tidbits that I sort of, you know, pepper into, you know, tips and tricks you can be using to enhance performance. But at the end of the day, it really does come back to the individual because everybody has their own genetic predispositions. Everybody has their own individual experience of stress or anxiety or insomnia or low energy and what drives that will need to be addressed differently to, to you than it would be to the person you know after you that's right yes but we do have a um a lack of sleep epidemic in the world don't we Oh, we're yeah. Not, so we're so not many really talking places. about this. There is a podcast, which I will uh, link in the show notes, that's all about sleep. And I've been obsessing about that podcast. I was listening to it a lot last year. Mm. And uh, um, what I think has happened in Melbourne lockdown um, is that a lot of variables have been taken out of the picture because we are isolated. There's not a lot of things happening in our lives. So we can really identify if we have a problem or not, let's say with sleep, which mm. I can say with absolute certainty that I do. Mm. Because you know what I mean? Like if you take away all the other stresses and you still can't sleep, eight hours yeah. a day without putting a lot of work into it, yeah. then, then you have a problem. Yeah, it's been interesting. There's been some preliminary data that's been released 
around how people are sleeping during the COVID pandemic. And I think for the most part, people are sleeping better. I know everybody is, but not me. Yeah, and I think it has to do with not having to get up early when you don't, you know, you can can sleep until your body naturally wakes up. So a lot of people don't have to rush out the door to be at a, a desk at their office. And... Um, others have really struggled. I know in the initial stages of the pandemic, I was not sleeping and I think it had a lot to do with just the anxiety and the yeah. adrenaline fueled, you know, increase in cognitive load where I had to be really conscious of physically distancing and how am I going to get my supermarketing done without getting sick, you know. So there was a lot to process. And the other thing people are sort of saying a lot is that they're dreaming more. And I think that has had a really, either dreaming more or remembering their dreams for the first time or having more vivid dreams. And I think this is so much to do with our body's innate ability to help us repair and restore. So when we have more REM sleep or dream sleep, it's our body's own emotional first aid that's this kind of unconscious therapy that we're doing while we sleep to process our anxieties and our concerns or even our grief and sadness Mm -hmm. around things lost during our quarantine and and the state of the world right now. So, um, yeah, that that's definitely been something I've observed as we've gone through pandemic, but also just looking into the initial data, knowing that people are actually sleeping a little bit better. But you mentioned your sleep has been outed. So what have you noticed? Uh, I think I come from a family of people that uh, don't sleep well from both sides. So I know that. um, And I remember that being a discussion, you know, on uh, gender tables and family discussions. Oh, nobody sleeps in this family. So... I don't know if I've kind of just, if if it is true, it's in our DNA or if I just kind of think, oh yeah, I'm just like them and I don't sleep well. Um, but I can feel uh, the um, this weight lifting of my shoulders of the lack of stresses. So the day-to-day mm. of this COVID lockdown in Melbourne is really low stress. But when, when you remember why you're locked down, then you suddenly feel like, oh my God, is this going to be forever? So, but I've kind of learned to compartmentalize that. I think most people that I speak to, you know, clients and friends have that. Like your days are just so easy and breezy and there's no catching trains, trams, going to work, worrying about anything. Uh, Even, you know, a lot of people are struggling financially. A lot of people are losing their jobs. I'm not in that bracket. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you remember, you feel guilty. So there's that, you know, sometimes you go, oh, I shouldn't feel so good. (laughs) So you want like you go through those sort of um, um, in-young uh, situations during the day. Yeah. How, have you noticed that? Have you um, yeah. observed well, that? I in I like, yeah, I like using the analogy of the, the storm. You know, we're all in the corona storm and some of us are on yachts and some of us are on life rafts. Yeah. And I think 
all of our feelings, all of the things we're experiencing are very valid ones and, and need to be experienced and felt. Um, I really love the work of Dr. Mark Brackett, who's written a book called Permission to Feel, where it really talks us through the importance of emotional literacy. Mm. And so just being able to identify what you're feeling and then just allow that to be is really important. So I think, yeah, everyone's just on a different boat. We've never experienced anything like this before. And I think yeah, that that's absolutely. really um, um, the scary part. I don't know if you still have family overseas, but when I moved to Australia, which was uh, 20 years ago, I've always yeah. felt that if something goes wrong, I can be on a plane back in my home country in yeah. a day and a half. I never in my wildest dreams thought that I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, so yeah. sort of thing that sometimes, you know, I'm having this super chill day and then I think, what has happened? <laughs> yeah. So I, you go through these ups and downs during the day. And I, I know many. So true. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really common experience. And I think that, you know, that really raises uncomfortable feelings. It can really raise anxiety levels when we kind of dial into thinking that and feeling it. And I think the biggest um, antidote to, to that is really just settling into acceptance and really going into a state of just focusing on what can I control, mm. what can I um, let go of that is beyond my control at the moment. And for me, I feel like the pandemic's really been a big process of just focusing on controlling the controllables. Um, and and then just, you know, kind of riding the storm and looking at what the other side of this looks like. Yeah. I think the most important thing for me and for this podcast is to support others. You know, I get great, um, oh, I just feel amazing when I'm talking to clients or preparing uh written content or thinking about who I'm going to interview for this podcast and bringing you on board as part of that. So I'd like to go through um, some ideas with you of how the listeners can start preparing for what could be weeks or months without work. So no. the podcast is called The Job Hunting Podcast, which means yeah. it attracts a certain type of people who yeah. have lost their jobs. It is also listened by people who are keen on career advancement. So, and I, it's kind of a, a, a bigger version of my clientele. My clients are either people who have lost their jobs, people who, are, who can see the storm coming, they, they can see that this is not going, you know, this is not looking good. They are not very comfortable where they are. They either think their job is going to end soon or they're ready to go. They, they're not happy where they are. And the third type of client, which I really uh, like, is the client who is a high performance client already and understand how important it is to be um, actively uh, in the know about how to advance their careers, you know, even if they're okay now. So I have about 20% of my clients who are not looking for work, but they just need to know how to 
work better, advance their careers, perform better so that the jobs come to them. Ultimately, that's my goal is for you not to need to apply for work as much, but for the work to come to you. So the headhunters call you, recruiters call you, and your network think of you yeah. when they have opportunities. But considering a lot of people are losing their jobs in Australia and overseas, that can be really traumatic. Um, uh, some of the people that have reached out to me have uh, been in the same organization for sometimes two decades, never done anything else but work for that one sector or that one organization um it's very stressful susan mm. how do you um cope with that yeah look i think there's there's so much to process with just losing your job and i think particularly if you've got a lot of your identity kind of tied up in what you do um it's an easy thing to say, but a hard thing to do for a lot of people. But I really do see the immense benefit in having a mindfulness or a meditation practice. Uh, this was something I fought for years. You know, I think I just felt like I was too busy doing and I didn't want to do any being. Mm -hmm. And um, quite often we really do value productivity um, and an activity over just stopping and being still and just allowing those clouds in our mind to, to, to just clear a little bit, you know, and just to, to have a bit of blue sky shine through. And that's the way I kind of view it when I think about having a meditation practice. I think people, when they begin to understand the um, physiology behind meditation, start to grasp the importance of it and I think it's a really good way to help put us back in our body um, when we are quite frazzled, anxious, overwhelmed, um, fearful and it can just help us get back into more of that rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system mode where we're calmer and we are able to be more rational and we are able to make better decisions about the way forward. So I think it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just using the Insight Timer app and being able to just give yourself two minutes to begin with where you just close your eyes and you focus on your breath, in and out, deep breaths, and then you build it up and it might become five minutes and it becomes 10 minutes. And then there are all sorts of meditation training types of meditation you can be doing. But what we're effectively doing when we go into a meditative state is trying to get the theta brainwave activity happening where we're calm and we're relaxed. And when we are stressed, we're often in our beta wave activity, which is just, you know, that very kind of heightened, hyper-conscious kind of, you know, almost irrational state for some people. And if we're in that all the time, it really impairs our decision-making capability, our memory forming, you know, it's, it's really bad from a cognitive perspective yeah. to be in a chronically stressed state you know, at all times. So really trying to find little 
points in your day for deep breathing or for meditation is a really, really good starting point. No, that's a great tip. And if, are there other activities that can allow you to um, switch your brain like that? You know, things like would music help or yeah. what are other so, things that people can do? Yeah, I think music is definitely one. Swimming, some people often say to me just swimming laps is really yes. meditative. For other people, yes. it's running okay. um, is really meditative. So it's a very individual thing. Um, music is really amazing for state, you know, it just depends on what you want to listen to in order to elevate or to calm. Yes. Um, it's for some people, yeah, it's a really great way okay. to just help them calm down. But I think also just back on that person that's lost their job, the temptation to kind of switch into late nights watching, you know, lots of Netflix or Amazon Prime and letting go of the routine that you had yeah. is probably okay for a week or two and then you really want to rein it in and get a routine happening again. Yes. And I think, you know, when we understand that the body has a number of clocks and rhythms, you know, timed eating, sleeping at the same time, waking up at the same time each day, these are all things our body really, really likes. Even, even timing our exercise um, really helps the body to sort of stay in um, a rhythm and a flow that just means we perform better, we feel better, we think better, we behave better. Mm. So um, I think that's a really important thing. And I think it also gives us purpose when we structure our day you know, and segment it as well where we're doing things for our body, for our mind and for be the benefit of us moving forward and being new career ready or new job ready as well yes. while we're also working, you know, working to find work. Yes. Susan, uh, the other um, uh, person in the audience that I care about a lot are those who have been unemployed for a long time. Mm. And let's say you were made redundant or something, you know, middle of last year. Many times when you receive a redundancy package, you think, oh, okay, I might just enjoy myself for a little bit. <laughs> mm. So I have quite a lot of people that have reached out to me and said, I received the redundancy package in September. And I thought to myself, never had a break all of my career, I'll just have a break until the rest of the year and look for work in February. <laughs> and yeah. of course, that was, you know, a bummer because now they've basically um, find themselves without work and without a safety net because they probably used up all of their savings. Yeah. So that long-term anxiety is different from that kind of first cut you know isn't yeah. it yeah and keeping yourself resilient day in day out for months on end is really tough yeah absolutely and it's such a mindset game mm. it really really is you know and you've got the extra stress of a pandemic you may have elderly parents you may have immune compromised children like that we don't really understand 
each individual's personal experience. But to add in long-term unemployment on top of that is terribly stressful. Mm. And so my my big take on that in order to feel like you're back in the driver's seat and you can get through this period of time is to control the controllables. And I think it's so important to really focus on, you know, the effort, like really being um, enthusiastic about the future and 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 optimistic as well, because it, you know, if you're going to be negative and you know emit that kind of mindset, you're not going to really manifest or have good things happen and opportunities arise. So I'm a really big believer in being able to control your beliefs, control the amount of effort that you put into things. I think it's Can really you explain to me this idea of manifesting things? I yeah, hear that a lot. I think it might sound a little woo-woo. Um, yes. <laughs> but I think, you know, the, the energy you put out, you know, you attract, like attracts like. I like to think of it a bit like a Wi-Fi signal that we all emit. We all have little Wi-Fi signals and we either attract or repel people or things to us. I sometimes wonder why there's someone I meet and I just don't click. And and they're the same. It's like, who do you gravitate to in the room that you just think, wow, I've got to speak to that person. And there's this kind of connection. And it can be to things. It can be to jobs. It can be to a home, you know, if your job, if you're home hunting, um, it's really that thing that appeals to you, that thing that you want, that thing that you create. It's a bit like incorporating, some people use vision boards. It's I that have one in front your, of me. Yeah. <laughs> I have two. The other one fell off and I haven't been able to glue it back um, on the wall. But I'm a big fan of vision boards. I am, yeah, and yeah. I think it really is about, in a sense, that word manifesting what do I want for myself? What is my immediate plan? What's my six-month plan? What's my 12-month plan and beyond? And working on what that trajectory looks like and working on what that, that ro- the roadmap to that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great to have dreams, but you've got to set goals in order to realise those dreams. And you've got to, in your mind, visualise and, in a sense, manifest what you want outcomes to be now i'm also a very pragmatic person and okay. like to think none of those things are going to manifest or happen if the effort and the belief aren't there um and i think the thing that's really helped me in my career has been my grit my tenacity my you know keep going kind of attitude and i think you know we if you don't have that cultivating more of that is going to help you find that job, get over this this big obstacle at the moment. I really am a big fan too of um, Ryan Holiday's book, which um, is called uh, The Obstacle is the Way, which draws on the Stoic philosophy um, of being able to see the long-term unemployment as the thing that you need to get really objective about in your perspective and be able to overcome to come out the other side of it too. So that's a really good uh, resource if people are looking for for some inspiration and guidance too from a mindset perspective. 
I think it's lovely that we're having this chat because um, from the little that I've learned about you is that um, we complement each other from being high-performance coaches, mm. right? So, you know, you with the well-being um, and uh, ability to take care of people's body and minds and me giving people strategies and um, advice and really sort of practical knowledge of how to actually get the job yeah, <laughs> and go through what really is a competition. And, um, you know, if you think about a job, the job hunter as a tennis player, I would be that coach that has played tennis before. You know, the Areta yeah. Sanchez, that's how yeah, I see yeah. myself. I was Areta <laughs> Sanchez, now I'm here coaching you. Um, and you would be that, you know, other supporting part of the team that's making sure that their nutrition is well uh, done, that they're sleeping well, that they have all the supplements that they need. And, yeah. and I'm a big fan of all of that. I think that that's really important. You know, yeah, yeah. It hacking. I hack a hell of a lot too. I really like that. Yeah, I think you know, hacking yourself is you know, why, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, you know, mm. why wouldn't you want to find the the best way to get your performance, your productivity, you know, your energy, all of those things as optimal as they can be? I don't want to wake up every morning feeling sluggish and tired and hitting snooze and or needing an alarm in the first place. Mm. Um, I'm a real go-getter, so my mornings are packed with a two-hour morning routine, usually between 6 and 8 a.m. Sometimes it's 5 to Oh, let's go through your routine before we end this. Please share. <laughs> well, it makes such a big difference to your state and it sets you up for a really great day okay. or, you know, a mediocre day. So you, you go through a very – no, I want to know. Tell me. <laughs> what do you do? You wake I'm up? A really, I'm a really, really big fan of morning routines, and uh -huh. I think the evening routine is as important because yeah. it has a big role to play in how you're going to feel in the morning. Mm. So I try to get up at five, um, which is a bit easier at the moment because we're just about to launch into Daylight Savings in Melbourne, so I'm hearing the birds chirping. Um, mm -hmm. And what I do is while I'm still in bed, I meditate. So that's my version of meditation. I'm still lying flat on my back, but I just love that little window of being sort of semi-conscious. So you're not quite awake, you're not quite asleep. It's just that little period of time and so many amazing ideas happen for me then and mm. then I will meditate and then I will journal and I just have a book where it doesn't have to be structured it's like the morning pages I just write whatever is coming into my consciousness after a meditation so meditate for about 20 minutes journal for about 10 or 15 minutes and then I get up and often I'm just wearing my yoga pants to bed. So I'm ready to go. I have no excuses but to do a home yoga routine. So I'm a really big fan of yoga with Adrian. On I was going to say, yeah, I love her. I, I, I think gorgeous? I'm one of her first few fans. I've been Me following too. her for years. 
Yeah, me too. Oh, it was okay. years ago when my kids were little, really little and uh, they would jump all over me like little monkeys while I was trying to yeah. do her routines. And I think she had about a million subscribers then and now she's got like 8.5 million subscribers. I, it got to a point where I felt like I really need to send her some money this Christmas. Like, I yeah, can't you can. You can. But at the time she wasn't, she wasn't, um, she wasn't um, making anything. Now, now she has a Kajabi website and she sells stuff yeah. and all of that. And then she signed up with Adidas and I was so happy for her. And she yeah, was I didn't Adidas. know that. Yeah, yeah, she was wearing Adidas. You can tell that many of uh, her older videos, she's wearing Adidas. And I'm like, yes, finally, right. sponsoring yeah. this superstar. <laughs> but she's yeah, just good. so generous of spirit. So many videos for yeah. all levels. Um, she's an inspiration so to me. I mean, like I, when Andrea, my husband, says, you sure you want to be giving so much information away for free with this podcast? I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's really important. Yeah, be in service, share the love. I love her because she's so generous of spirit too. And her stuff's just really accessible, which is what you want. So Um, you do yoga and then then you do do a podcast with me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I get up and I try and write. You know, my kids are sort of at an age now where they kind of sort themselves out, you know, it's lots of kisses and how was your sleep and all that sort of stuff, but they do their own breakfast and get themselves sorted. So I'm trying to write my book. Um, I blog most weeks. So often the morning is really very much harnessing that big cortisol awakening response that we've got, which really peaks at about an hour and a half after we wake. And it's the time of the day that is just great for your creative thinking and just getting all the ideas out and on paper. So that's really good. And then I don't have meetings before 10 a.m. So I'm just very protective of that time. After 10, I'm there for everyone and anyone and, I'll, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and I strategically check emails after at around 11 and then I shut off until about 3 in the afternoon and I'll check again. So really managing inputs, really managing energy across the day. Um, and I don't have my caffeine until I've been awake for a good couple of hours as well and really harness that caffeine too. So, yeah, the mornings I just love. And, and, and if I'm not doing yoga, I'm often walking my dog and listening to a podcast yeah. just to do some learning and, 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 and getting some inspiration as well. So, but mostly it's yoga and my husband's walking the dog at the moment. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, it's good to hear how you do your. I'm always curious about what people do and how mm. they get up. I, you mentioned the sleep routine. I'm I'm very um, pedantic about that because of my sleeping issues. Yeah, you so, should be very particular about your sleep. I am very particular, but I try not to be overly anxious about it. But sometimes I do get anxious, and I've been married forever for it seems like forever especially <laughs> during covid but my husband has no issues with sleep he will just drop dead basically <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have any problems with lighting as well so he sometimes forgets that i'm you know so pedantic and he will switch the lights on i'm like <gasps> Don't do that. <laughs> You've been married with me for how long? You cannot switch on the lights like this. You know, I just hate light. You know, I really do at night. It has to be very low light. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you can see your hand in the dark, that's too much light. Oh. And the melatonin levels, the sleep hormone levels, don't get high enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a really important thing. Blockout blinds are fantastic. Okay. Um, All right. Have learned my lesson now, Susan. Thank you. So we we will need to book a time so I can come and see you proper as a client (laughs) and not try to get free advice from you through (laughs) podcasting. That's not right. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure it will be a great episode for everyone listening. Thank Thank you. you for having me. No problem. I hope you found this episode useful and that it helps your job hunting and career plans. Don't forget to subscribe and follow me on social media and on your favorite podcast app. And please join the Reset Your Career community so I can send you free tools and resources to make your career advancement more successful. See you next time.